Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in to we turned the page today to the month of August, and we are headed to the backside of summer football season, college and high school, just around the corner, and lots to get to here in this first day of August on the show. Let's look at the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one here in moments. We'll take a look at our headlines of the day. New Albany finally has a new basketball coach a successor to Jim Shannon, who retired at the conclusion of last season. What a strange and wild and wacky offseason it's been for the new Albany boys basketball program. But a new coach approved yesterday afternoon by the new Albany Floyd County School Board. We'll have more on that coming up here in just a moment. Also, some recruiting news as we get into August. A lot of visits are being set by the 24-class guys. Uh, Maybe some 25 junior year visits as well, but you get a lot of new scholarship offers this month as well after all the evaluation opportunities in July. So a couple new offers out by IU Basketball, and we'll tell you about those players as well. Also, a great announcement yesterday by IU Football, nothing that affects the current season, but some really good news on a football-only weight room, which in the world of Big Ten football and upper-class college football is the norm, and Indiana is behind in that realm. So a good announcement there, and uh, we'll talk about that also in this opening segment as well as some other headlines. Also later today, it's Tuesday, so Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the program. With Mike, we'll talk IU basketball and recruiting and more. We'll also touch on some IU and Big Ten football with Mike coming out of last week's Big Ten Media Days as well. Later in the show, high school football and a look at early season college football as well. Not just Indiana and the Big Ten, but some of the games you should be excited about coming up uh, to start the fall season of college football. It will be here before you know it. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deal, which is uh, still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. IU football, IU basketball, new New Albany coach, anything local, your thoughts on high school football. These summer shows, as we get out of basketball and not quite the football yet, are a perfect time for you to weigh in on what you'd like to talk about or share or ask the great guests that we try to bring you 
on this program every day. So get your text in 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's uh, remind you that uh, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you've got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. So if you can't be with us live in the uh, 11 a.m. hour on the Big X, 1450 a.m., 96.1 FM, you can always find us as a podcast by searching uh, for the name of our show, the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's get into some headlines today. First and foremost, Jason Jones, uh, who's been in Kansas coaching high school basketball, will be the new coach at New Albany High School, replacing Jim Shannon. Of course, initially it was Craig Teagle from Huntington North and previously Jay County, who has a great resume as a high school basketball coach in our state. He was the initial replacement for Shannon. He was there from oh mid to late April through the first week and a half or so of June when he cited family emergencies as a reason to depart New Albany head back to northern Indiana, and very quickly, I think within the same day of his announcement that he would leave New Albany, uh, rumors began to circulate on the social networks that he would take over the Bluffton job, which is much closer to where he lives and in that part of northern Indiana. So New Albany has been on a search since then. There's been at least one time we thought New Albany was ready to make a hire or close to making a hire, but things did not work out. And then a revisit to the interview process, Jason Jones comes out of that process as the uh, nominee. And last night, yesterday afternoon, in fact, he was approved as the new basketball coach at New Albany. So school starts today. Coach Jones approved yesterday, coming from Kansas with his family. Obviously, a lot of moving pieces for him, but he seems like a guy that is basketball all the way around. He has coached in Kansas, Colorado, Florida, and Georgia. This will be his first stop in Indiana. I did see that he has some connections to the Hoosier State. He has some family from Washington, Indiana, and of course we know that the Hatchet House and the Washington Hatchets over the year, the Zellers brothers, uh, the three of them that have come from there, they've had other great players and great teams, so he seems like a guy from his early interviews and some other things that uh, gets Indiana basketball, is thrilled to have the opportunity to lead a program like New Albany. I believe he understands the history uh, and the tradition of a program like New Albany, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, a guy that's been a coach for years, 45 years old, has more than 20 years of coaching experience. I believe uh, more than 20 as a head coach uh, he has experience. So a guy that got involved in the game as a coach very, very young. And uh, will be interesting to see how things work out. A late hire, just not what you expect at New Albany as far as the timeline. Uh, it's got to be south of Indianapolis, one of the most sought-after jobs in the state because of the fan base, because of the tradition. And Romeo Langford and the great years that Shannon had in his, uh, I don't know, last five to seven years at New Albany had to only elevate the program's stature even more. So uh, interesting to see how this has played out. Teagle, obviously, on paper, I felt like a great hire for New Albany, uh, understands the state, a very successful coach, uh, not sure he had been in a community like New Albany before or like some of these we, uh, communities we have in southern Indiana, but a guy that had won in Indiana high school basketball, that's for sure. So we'll see now 
What is next for New Albany with Coach Jason Jones coming in as a fresh face to Southern Indiana High School basketball, and it'll be interesting to get to know him in the coming months and, of course, in advance of the season. And it's a rebuilding New Albany team. A lot of unknowns about the roster this season. Uh, Not a lot to report coming out of summer league and other summer basketball opportunities. So Coach Jones, in many ways, inherits a slate that is blank and needs some work to see what this season and the next few seasons, in fact, could entail for New Albany basketball. But Jason Jones, the new guy at New Albany, we welcome him to Southern Indiana High School basketball and look forward to the opportunity, hopefully very soon, to connect with him here on this program. I can't imagine, though, uh, being approved the day before the school year begins, uh, coming into a big job with tradition and history and the love for basketball and high school sports that New Albany and our Southern Indiana community has. He's got his hands full in this transition, and we look forward to talking with him soon. Also, some IU recruiting notes. Uh, a new name in the class of 2025. He's in the top 75. He's a four-star center. His name is Kai Rogers. Uh, he announced that Indiana offered him on his Instagram page Monday evening. Rogers is six foot ten, and Indiana has been watching him since back in the spring. He is from, I believe I can say this correctly, Wauwatosa West High School in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. He played on the Wisconsin Playground uh, team on the Under Armour circuit. He averaged just over 13 points a game, shot 63% from the field, averaged just shy of eight rebounds and then two blocks a game. And also his teammate, Amari Allen, a wing forward in the same class, the 2025 class, he received a scholarship offer Monday evening as well. He played with Rodgers on the same Wisconsin playground team on the Under Armour circuit. He is originally from Wisconsin, spends his off-seasons in Wisconsin, but is enrolled at IMG Academy uh, this past year. So we'll play down there again for the upcoming season. Uh, was originally from Wisconsin, I mentioned, as a freshman in the state of Wisconsin. He averaged 22.7 points a game. So uh, Amari Allen and Kai Rogers, two new names in the class of 2025 as far as scholarship offers go for IU basketball moving forward. And again, the recruiting process these days is so different with the transfer portal and how things change. Indiana with one scholarship open for this season. And as we discussed yesterday, Mike Woodson in some comments he made recently, Indiana still looking to fill that spot even as we get into early August. It is crazy how college basketball has changed, how roster construction has changed, uh, and management uh, of that has changed. Yesterday we mentioned Tom Allen, uh, how he had to re-recruit Jay Lucas, uh, Jay Lucas to uh, meet with his family and basically an in-home visit, even though he was a uh, coming out of his freshman year of football last season for the Hoosiers. So just different to keep these kids out of the portal or to get the portal it's just a totally different process and so unbelievable sometime but uh, two names in the 2025 class rogers and allen from wisconsin to pay attention to for the upcoming high school basketball season some really good long-term news for indiana football yesterday uh, after a gift from iu alumni jay wilkinson 
IU announced or has announced plans for a new football-only weight room. The project will be built in Memorial Stadium's north end zone. is expected to be completed by early 2024. Uh, obviously, this is a big gift to Indiana, and this uh, helps IU football take a necessary step up the ladder of really baseline requirements of what you're expected to have uh, in Big Ten football to be competitive, to land recruits, and that world is changing and increasing as well. Indiana in June announced the building of eight premium field-level suites at Memorial Stadium, which are going to be open or expected to be open for the upcoming 2023 season. So Indiana with some focus again on improving their football infrastructure and facilities, which is good news for Tom Allen's program as they try to compete in a growing and now a national conference like the Big Ten, uh, headed toward being a super conference. I think we all believe that. Uh, some of these details are very important in the transfer portal and recruiting race that they fight on a daily basis. Of course, Indiana opens the season September 2 at Memorial Stadium. And how about this? Ohio State Buckeyes projected to be one of the teams, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, in some order at the top of the Big Ten Conference. So Indiana, with uh, as, uh, as happens from time to time, a really, really tough game to open up the uh, 2023 college football season. And uh, Sean Rocher, or Ratcher, I believe is how you say it, uh, IU long snapper. He has been named to the Patrick Manley Award preseason watch list uh, for the top, uh, the nation's top long snappers. So uh, a good early season award for him to put him on the watch list for the Manley Award. So some good news for IU football there. And IU women's basketball will head to Greece today for their first overseas foreign trip uh, allowed by the NCAA in six years. They are going to be in Greece from August 1st, later today, uh, through August 10th. They plan to play two games, one in Athens and one in another city, as well as take some additional trips around the country as well. So it's interesting to me, IU basketball, the men's team did this when they went to the Bahamas. You're allowed to play, I forget the maximum number of contests, over some days. Uh, they only played a couple day, games in the Bahamas, and that's what the IU women are going to do. They're going to play just a few games while in Greece. There'll be a lot of other team-building opportunities, it sounds like. There'll be a lot of sightseeing, educational-type opportunities as well. But uh, not many games, so just kind of surprising. You would used to see the teams really go on a barnstorming tour when they would go on a foreign tour as allowed by the NCAA. So the IU women, a lot of excitement about what they could be as a team next season. And I'm a believer in these foreign trips. We saw Kentucky over the summer get a chance to bypass that foreign tour rule, uh, playing as Team USA, as Purdue recently did as well, uh, up in Toronto in a four-team tournament. And it appeared to be a good run for Kentucky. They face good competition. They perform well. I think they boosted their expectations for the upcoming season. And more importantly, they got practices and opportunity to play together with a lot of young faces, a lot of turnover in that program since last year. So these foreign trips all the way around, games, the practices, the team building, the time around each other, the educational component, especially when you're going to a historical country like Greece, 
it's got to be good for your team. So IU women, it'll be fun to follow them. I'm sure their social media will do a good job keeping everybody updated uh, with what the women Hoosiers are up to in Greece. But I'm sure that they'll play a couple games, it sounds like, and uh, get ready for the upcoming season. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter, I guess this is about the new Albany job, says... I have absolutely nothing to base this on, but I feel more positive about this new hire than I did the previous one. So interesting to take from a texter on the Thornton's text line about Jason Jones, the new New Albany coach who most recently has been in Kansas as he inherits the uh, New Albany job being hired yesterday after uh, replacing Jim Shannon and being uh, hired by the school board officially in a Monday afternoon meeting. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, IU Basketball and Recruiting. We'll touch on the women and their trip to Greece coming up today. Also, IU Football, the Big Ten Conference, and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We were talking a lot in the first segment about Jason Jones, the new New Albany basketball coach. One other interesting thing from that board meeting has nothing to do with basketball or high school sports, but Al Eckert, who's been a great sports guy, was an awesome principal at Silver Creek High School. He recently retired at the conclusion of the previous school year. He's been named the interim principal for at least this first semester at Floyd Central High School. And oddly enough, he replaces Rob Willman, the former Floyd Central uh, principal, who left to take uh, the Silver Creek opening. So some real moving pieces in local principals and school administration as well this uh, offseason. It's been crazy to follow that stuff as well. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier with us in this segment on Tuesdays. We talk IU basketball, football, and more. And Mike, we'll start with the IU women. How about this? A trip to Greece coming up to play some basketball and I'm sure do some bonding and team building activities. Uh, that will be a fun trip for the IU women. Yeah, sure. Well, we, we saw this with the men a couple of years ago with, the, with their trip to the Bahamas, and this is the, the same sort of deal. Uh, college programs get to do this uh, at least once every four years. And um, I, I think what they get out of it more than anything is the, as you alluded to, the, the team building, team bonding aspect of it. You know, obviously just a great opportunity for, for young people to, to see different parts of the world. And, and then also just the practice aspect of it. If you take a foreign trip like this, I believe you get 10 additional practices over the course of the summer that you're not otherwise allowed to, to have. So it, that aspect of it, I think the coaches probably value more than anything. It's just to be on the floor with, with their players 
and get some real time to, to do some stuff they wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Mike, I'm a little surprised. I think the release I saw from IU said the women are going to play just two games in the country of Greece and then do some sightseeing and a lot of visits to other countries. Uh, I remember days when Bob Knight and the men would go overseas to Spain or Germany, different places. I can't remember specifically where, but they would play a number of games. It would almost be kind of like a barnstorming tour Coaches nowadays don't always opt to do that. The IU men played just two games uh, in the Bahamas, and the IU women, it sounds like, just two games despite going all the way to the country of Greece. Yeah, and I think that may in part be just maybe a little bit of fear of injuries happening. Um, obviously, as you said, Bob Knight didn't operate uh, with, with too much fear of that aspect, apparently, because I I think a lot of people probably saw, if they don't remember the trip itself from the time it happened in the 80s, they probably saw the, the BTN special uh, a year or two ago that, that documented it. It's a great special. I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. But just because it was fascinating, as you said, to, to see how long they were on the road, all the different places they played, all the different games that they played, um, you don't see that at all right now. I think it's injury fear in part, and like I said, I, I think more often than not, the reason why teams want to do this is for the practice aspect of it more than the games. Um, I know for a fact uh, that's what attracted Mike Woodson to the idea a couple of years ago, and it was particularly uh, attractive to, to them at the time with a new head coach, new staff, a lot of new players. Uh, obviously, a lot of time on the court with, with your team in the summer is valuable, um, you know, you don't always know what you're going to get with, with these foreign teams that they're playing. Also, uh, you could have major mismatches either way. Um, so I, I think, by and large, it's about practice and giving uh, giving kids an opportunity to see parts of the world they otherwise wouldn't be able to see. No question. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, starting with some IU women's basketball today. Let's transition to the men uh, with the July evaluation periods now concluded a lot of new names, some visits being set up, which is always a good thing, but uh, some new scholarship offers, including a duo that you wrote about from Wisconsin on the dailyhoosier.com in the 2025 class. Indiana continuing to dole out a number of offers here as we get into August. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're going to start to see more of this uh, now that, as you suggested, the live periods are over, that the coaches are off the road a little bit. They can kind of kind of sit back and, and talk as a staff about who made an impression on them over the summer from the 2025 class. These are kids that are going into their junior year of high school um, and, and starting to just, you know, consider who, who they want to kind of make a heavier pursuit on. I think what we've seen with this staff, however, is they cast a very wide net. So you're going to see a wide range of uh, prospects, you know, sometimes it's just, hey, we, we got a relationship with this guy. Let's put out an offer and see how he develops. Sometimes it's, you know, this, this kid's great. We obviously want to push real hard on him. So you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot of 2025 offers here over the next couple months. And you're going to, you know, see, see a lot more prospects on the board than, than you did under prior staff. That, that's what I think we're we're seeing so far with Indiana. Um, obviously, the ones that they offered a long time ago, like the in-state guys, J Jalen Harrelson, Trent Sicily, those, those are you know significant in-state recruits that, that they're placed a lot of time and energy on for, for a couple of years now at this point. 
so, so you can kind of see the the dichotomy there, or the differences in the the priorities that they're making. But long way to play out with the class of twenty twenty five. Um, primarily because of the transfer portal. I mean, the transfer portal took up so much of every coaching staff's time in, in March, April, and into May, and that kind of pushed back everything else. You know, 2024 became the emphasis over the summer. In 2025, which in, you know, prior years, rising juniors would have been a lot more developed in terms of, you know, the staff's attention at this point. We, we just haven't seen that because every, everything else pushed them back staffs are completely overwhelmed right now with recruiting um and so i, I think you're just going to see 2025 uh or, or more broadly rising juniors kind of take a back seat until they kind of get into closer to their actual junior seasons of basketball and i think that's what we're seeing right now talking with mike schumann of the daily hoosier the daily hoosier.com at daily underscore hoosier on social media. Mike, we talked some about this yesterday with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. You know, Mike Woodson in a podcast recently alluded that Indiana still could be looking to fill the final scholarship spot for the upcoming season. I mean, the season that really, in some regards, is just around the corner to begin here two, three months from now with official practices and scrimmages. With that said, I know you track this stuff closely and you know all the inner workings of the transfer portal, what's allowed, what's not. Are there any targets out there for Indiana, any names that fans should know that maybe could quickly become a name on the roster for this upcoming season? I mean, I guess what I would say is you, you just never know. Um, that any Anybody that's already entered the portal and never got picked up uh, for whatever reason is still a possibility. There, there was some noise about a kid being on campus last week kind of in that scenario. Um, so, so that's one aspect of it. The other is, you know, the graduate transfers can pick up and move at any point in time. And, and we saw some of that over the course of the summer as well. So it's never fully closed. I'm not aware of them being involved with anyone right now where, where you say that that's a kid that can come in and, and make a major splash on this year's team. Uh, as far as I know, they kind of are where they are at this point. But, but to the initial point, you just never know. Um, everything is so fluid and can change at, at any point in time. So nothing would surprise me at this point. But it, but it is interesting, as you suggested, you know, this team, this 2023-24 team has been practicing together for, for eight weeks, training together. You know, at some point it becomes awkward or, or strange to, to bring in somebody very late in the game. Of course, they kind of reset and start start practicing and working together all over again in September. So it's not completely out of the question that somebody could fit right in. And they, in my opinion, um, you know, not having been at, at the practices this summer, they, they do still have a need at that kind of two-guard spot for, for some scoring production that, that they need to replace. Um, so, you know, you know, maybe CJ Gunn can, can be that guy to step in, you know, Woodson has, has said that, you know, he can see McKenzie Mbaka or Caleb Banks, you know, taking on more of a wing role this year. So that's another possibility as well. But, you know, I guess a, a long winded answer short is you just never know, um, the, the, the option to add that thir- fill that 13th spot is still out there. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, crazy to think that an addition is still possible for the upcoming season, but that is 
just where we're at with college basketball and things, uh, how how the, how the processes work these days. Mike, I want to get into some football with you coming out of Big Ten Media Days last week. Got a lot of opportunity to hear from Coach Allen and, of course, a lot of question marks about this team. But one thing is for sure, both Coach Allen and I think IU fans and even guys like you and I that cover the team understand the important role that Jalen Lucas must play for Indiana football this year and the type of season that he could be set up to have. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Jalen Lucas is going to be the the centerpiece of of Indiana's offense and special teams. They're they're going to look for every way possible to get the ball in his hands, Um, you know, lining up in the backfield, lining up in the slot. Um, You certainly wouldn't be surprised to see some, like, jet sweep type uh, sets for him. Uh, obviously, going to be kicking, uh, taking kickoff returns once again. In addition to uh, most likely punt returns as well. So, you know, it's interesting. It, you know, as the season progressed last year, there was a lot of us calling for more Jalen Lucas. Uh, I think we're going to get all we can possibly handle um, to, to the point that you know, Allen hasn't been shy about saying that. And I think it's going to be a case where now he's going to go into games where, you know, Ohio State week one, they're, they're going to have all their eyes on Jalen Lucas. They're going to know where he is on every play. And I think it could set up that he could be an interesting decoy as well, uh, get, getting him moving, you know, uh, in motion, get lining him up in interesting places and then going elsewhere, I, I think could be an interesting part of what they'll probably try to do as well. Um, so, so yeah, there, there, there's no doubt he's the, the centerpiece of what they're trying to do. And, you know, at, at whatever he is, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and 180 pounds, the job one is going to be, be to keep that young man healthy. Mike, now that Big Ten Media Days are over, the race to the season is on. We know September 2nd is the opener for IU against powerful Ohio State. But what's the IU football calendar the fall camp calendar look like? When do those officially begin? And how do things ramp up over the next month or so? Yeah, so we get uh, Tom Allen today at noon, um, noon Eastern. I think you can also watch it on Facebook Live if people want to. We'll, we'll post the video of the Daily Hoosier as well. But that's kind of our kickoff media availability for fall camp with Tom Allen. Uh, so, so there could be some insights that, that come out of that. And then, you know, from there, fall camp starts tomorrow um, with some open practices for the media. I think there's um, maybe six or seven open practices from, from the media in the first couple weeks. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot more about this team. Fall camp, you know, runs, you know, August 2nd straight through to, to the kickoff against Ohio State. Uh, first couple weeks will probably be more. There, there's a lot of position battles within in the program right now. I think they, they want to probably try to get as much of that sorted out as they can in the first couple weeks. Um, you know, get a two deep depth chart going after a, a scrimmage or two, and then you know the last two weeks of fall camp will be you know starting to pivot more towards game planning and preparation for Ohio State. Mike, uh, big news for the future of IU football 
a major donation has been announced and that donation is going to go toward Indiana helping build a football specific weight room which to me I believe is becoming a standard in the Big Ten Conference as schools race to build new facilities more modern opportunities to aid their athletes Uh, Indiana you can answer this better than I can are they behind in some of this stuff competing with some of these other top level Big Ten football programs and then how does this donation factor in to help the program moving forward yeah, I think it's fair to say that they are behind in terms of uh, the football team having its own dedicated weight room. The, re- the reason why that's important is because if people have seen pictures of their current weight facility or actually had a chance to go through it, it, it looks massive. Like it, it is one of the bigger weight room facilities in the country, at least it was when they built it. And, and I hear a lot of recruits say that you know they're really impressed by it but it but it gets a little tricky because they share it with all the other athletic programs or most of the other athletic programs uh throughout IAU athletics and that's like 22 other teams so it you know it's not always there when they need it and um that you know if nothing else it's a something a another program can use against Indiana as a kind of a negative recruiting tool um um, but, but you can understand as well that it, it's something that would certainly be nice to have, to, to, you know, just whenever the, the staff or individual players want to use the facility, they know it's there for them. And so but that, that, that is something I'd say out on the margin that's nice to have. Probably the bigger thing that's out there is the, a indoor practice facility, or I should say an updated indoor practice facility. Indiana obviously has the Mellon Camp Pavilion, um, you know, probably going on 30 years old, roughly, is what I would estimate. If you see out there some of the stuff that have been built or is in the current construction for other programs like, you know, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, et cetera, um, there's some pretty impressive stuff being done, some impressive bells and whistles that, you know, hey, guess what? You're all, you're recruiting against all those programs. You you know that that can be the kind of thing that's the difference maker that really shows a a dedication to football. That's what Indiana is up against. And so I think uh, Tom Allen alluded to this uh, at the Big Ten media days last week that you know he you know he he was open that that is something the the dedicated and indoor facility. Um, is something that they they are aware and open that needs to be updated. I, I think if there is a major IU athletics project in the next year or two, that that's probably what it would be. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier on IU football and more. Mike, I want to transition back to basketball for a second, or really the overall Big Ten conference uh, with athletics. I haven't seen it, but I've heard a number of people tell me, text me, uh, that there are a lot of rumors out there about the Big Ten Conference. We know UCLA and USC are set to join, which that's going to really change, especially football's schedule for future seasons. But is there some buzz out there, maybe about Florida State or maybe about Washington as potential additional members of the Big Ten Conference? And if there is, do you think that there's a chance for any movement coming up soon? Yeah, the, the buzz is certainly out there, and it kind of seems like Colorado's move last week was kind of an, another uh, domino that may, maybe started things moving again. Um, you know, obviously the the Pac-12 uh, starting with the movement of 
of UCLA and USC to the Big Ten uh, is in a bit of state of disarray. Uh, Colorado obviously adds to that. Um, and so uh, there, there's no doubt the noise is out there. I think when Tony Petiti took over and, you know, Kevin Warren was still in charge as well, they were kind of saying, you know, we, we kind of want to get USC and UCLA integrated before we think about our next move. And I, I think that's really where they were. But, you know, as these dominoes start to fall, you, you're kind of put into a position of, you know, these teams are going to open up and be available to the Swiss conferences. If you want to do it, you may have to do it now. You may not be able to wait until you're ready. And I think that's kind of where we are. I mean, you know, it's not just kind of Twitter noise at this point. There's prominent uh, people out there saying that this stuff is really happening. And, and the schools that you hear about are, you know, as you mentioned, Washington and Florida State. The other two are probably Oregon and Clemson that, that you hear about it. it you know, it'll be interesting, especially with Florida State and Clemson. You know, obviously those would be schools that the SEC would be interested in as well. Um, so it may be a competitive situation. It, it's all got to be sorted out, you know, contractually with the, the television networks who are driving a lot of this stuff. Um, the, you know, there's probably a lot of appeal for a, a Pacific Northwest team like a Washington uh, from a television standpoint, um, you know, and obviously any kind of entry into the Southeast would be attractive for the Big Ten as well. Yeah, no question. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays on the program. Mike, as always, thanks for the insight, and uh, keep up the great work at thedailyhoosier.com. Thanks, Matt. Always enjoy it. Talk to you later. All right, Mike Schumann with us on this Tuesday edition of the program. Yeah, after the Big Ten football media days, that's kind of the signal for me that college football is here. IU opens on September 2, but there are some even games earlier than that that uh, are exciting. So we'll look at the early season college football schedule. We'll touch on high school football as well. Thornton's text line open, that number 502-414-414. 1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. The Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report continues after this. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for... All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. That is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. 1450 uh yesterday let's see here a couple text on the thornton's text line why doesn't the pac-12 and big 12 merge and form a super conference well i I 
think that could make some sense, but let's just see how things play out. It feels like, based on, as Mike said, Colorado's movement recently, that there could be some other moves and announcements coming up in uh, college football and conferences specifically, not just college football, but we will see how things play out. Uh, week zero, it's called, of the college football season is set for Saturday, August 26th. So it's coming up here in just a handful of weekends. I saw a story earlier. There are 10 Division One football games scheduled for Week 0. The most high-profile game of that weekend is Notre Dame taking on Navy over in Dublin, and USC also takes on San Jose State that weekend. So, That is the first day, the first weekend of college football, which is kind of the early kickoff in advance of September 2nd when Indiana gets things underway. But it got me wondering yesterday, what are some of the big early season college football games? Florida at Utah, that's a good one. You know, we're Big Ten people probably for the most part. Uh, Florida of the SEC, Utah from out west. Colorado at TCU, Coach Deion Sanders and his time at Colorado gets underway. That will be interesting to watch. A game that stands out to me of just general college football interest, LSU at Florida State. That game is in uh, Orlando, set for September 3rd. Nebraska goes to to Colorado. I think that is the home opener for Deion Sanders against a Big Ten team in Nebraska. Iowa, interested to see the Hawkeyes this season out of the Big Ten West. They will be at Iowa State on September 9th. Texas A&M at Miami, also on September 9th. September 9th is a big weekend for football. Texas at Alabama, the evening game on ESPN, also is set for September 9th. So if you're looking ahead to college football, week zero, Notre Dame probably takes the cake as the biggest team, the biggest game of that early weekend. But uh, the same weekend of IU and Ohio State, there are some good games the following week. Week two of the regular season, some outstanding college football games. So those are just a few things to get excited about, look forward to as we get into the month of August uh, because the college football season will be here before you know it. And I do agree with the texter. Uh, the Big 12, uh, Pac-12 merger uh, makes sense, but do we know for sure that some of those Pac-12 or Big 12 teams aren't in consideration for potential movement to the Big Ten or maybe the SEC. Uh, Again, there have been a lot of rumors out there about what could happen with the Big Ten. Washington has been a school. Florida State has also been a school that there's been a lot of buzz around. I don't know for sure that anything's going to happen, but it just seems likely after Colorado's announcement last week that we could be getting into another series or period of time where there are announcements made by conferences and schools about future um, additions or changes. We'll see how things play out, but you do wonder who could be next. I, I think we all agree somebody, there's going to be more in the Big Ten. It's just a matter of who and when. And, of course, the big one out there, Getting back into the conference realignment stuff is Notre Dame. You want to talk about interesting to add Notre Dame to the Big Ten, the television rights that come with that, um, the uh, exposure that comes with that. And then for Indiana and Purdue, and really for the greater Big Ten here in the the Midwest, 
it's just a great natural addition to the football and basketball, really all the sports. So Notre Dame, to me, is the big dog that would definitely push uh, the Big Ten Conference ahead, uh, as it, it, I guess you could say in the, in the race to be the super conference. Uh, right now it's obviously the Big Ten and the SEC. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. If you missed the live show, all you got to do is search uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're basically there for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You can listen on demand. You can find a segment. You can find a show that you missed. Uh, no matter how you listen, we're so thankful for you. We hope that you'll stick with us for the upcoming football season. And before you know it, basketball will be here. Have a great Tuesday. It's beautiful outside. Let's hope this great weather holds up through the week. I'll be back with you Wednesday. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join. Also, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Have a great day. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.